this is my title, is The Week. When I was in high school, there was a young feller in the lower grades, and we got a new coach in there to Briscoe, and he, not Ron, I'll make that disclaimer, uh, he's not old enough to be my coach. Uh, anyway, uh, he could scream and holler, and I have ear damage because of that. But this young man, he would holler at him, Pee-wee, you're weak! I still call him Pee-wee today. When we think about weak, I'm not talking about strength. Uh, Zane has established that Matthew's the strongest person here physically. Let's talk about spiritual weakness, though. That's why we're here today is get stronger in the faith. Here's some examples I came up with that I felt like showed examples of being spiritually weak. In Genesis 3 and 6, the serpent beguiled Eve, and she took of the forbidden fruit and ate, give it to Adam. As a result, each one of us here is going to die. Because God told them, if you eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, you're surely going to die. So now we're going to die because they was weak. Second, Genesis 4 and 8, Cain rose up in the field and killed his brother Abel. First murder in history. He was jealous. Third is Peter, Matthew 26 and 72. There was a maiden come to Peter. He was standing by the fire and says, Surely you was with Jesus. Surely you're one of them. So he cursed. He swore. He said, I don't even know the man. And then the cock crew. Jim mentioned Judas today. He went to the scribes and Pharisees and bargained for 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus with a kiss. That is weakness. That is absolute weakness. I googled that. A piece of silver could be worth from 185 to 215 dollars, 6,000 bucks in today's money. Now let's back up. Back up again. Adam and Eve the serpent beguiled them, and they sinned. Jim established this morning, each one of us has been beguiled by the devil, and we have sinned. Let's think about Cain. You ever been so mad at someone you could have killed them? Well, you probably didn't. You may have said it. I've said that. I could kill him. What about Peter? Anyone here this evening that's never cursed or sweared, raise your hand. I was hoping somebody could help me. Has any of you betrayed Jesus for money? Cheated on your taxes? Lied about something? 
what I'm trying to establish, they was weak, we are too. You're weak, I'm weak, we're all weak. Next thought. Is this church weaker or stronger because of COVID that hit about a year ago? I've updated this since COVID hit. We've had 15 baptisms. This is absolutely wonderful. I think people realize death is all around us. They're going to die. Better get right with God. That's my thought. But then I look at the negative. We've canceled meetings. We've canceled worship service. We've met in the trees. I mean, we've we met once on a Sunday a time or two. Our attendance is down. Contributions is down. I mean, I kind of get depressed when I look at this. All right, everybody put everything on hold right now. Just stop. This has nothing to do with the lesson. Nothing to do with the lesson at all. I'm going into contributions. Nothing to do with the lesson. Sean was telling me about it. He went to a congregation and asked each family to give $5 more. 50 families here. Somebody do the math. Uh, Zane, you can't do it in your head. So $5 times 50 families, 250 a week, times 4, that's 1000 a month, times 12, $12,000 more we will get. I know an evangelist lived 50 miles from here, had a heart attack. He didn't want to go to the doctor. He didn't have insurance. There's things we can do. Okay, I'm done. Come on back. We're going to go into a lesson. Come back. That was off track. Somebody's not back. Come on. Come on back. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's read this because these, these verses are giving me a problem. 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hath knowledge set it meet in the idol's temple, which in the idol's temple shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols. In the previous verses up here, Paul is telling them that. The Christians then realized that there's one God. That's the only one you have to worship. They were still pagans or whatever they was, worshiping idols. Now maybe they was hungry, but they'd come into a temple and eat the burnt offering. Let's carry this further. 1 Corinthians 8 and 11. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. You know, I don't understand animal sacrifices. I just don't really understand that. I do understand, as Jimmy brought forth today, that Jesus died for us. He was the sacrifice. He was the sacrifice for us. But Paul wrote here, says, if I'm going to offend a brother by eating meat, I just won't eat meat as the world standeth. I kind of like my meat. 
But he said, I won't eat meat as long as the world goes. Let's think about this, though. What I've highlighted. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. This is what bothers me. When I say or do things against a weak brother. I have made a comment in the past that we have brothers and sisters stay at home and use COVID-19 as an excuse. I would like to apologize for that. I shouldn't say that. I was wrong. That don't help them and it don't help me. So let's think a little bit and try to understand about offending a brother. Very uh, common verse here, Matthew 18 and 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. All right. The Greek word scandalize is where offend comes from. That means to entice to sin, to entrap. So when I'm talking about offending Fred by telling him he looks fat, you know, I'm, I'm hurting his feelings. But the Bible talks about in offending is enticing to sin. So that's altogether different. I can offend a brother of mine that's had trouble with alcohol by saying, let's go get a burger and a beer. That is enticing him to sin. That's offending him. That's enticing him to sin. So let's, let's carry our studies on a little more. In Luke 18 and 9, and he spake this terrible... And to certain which trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, and adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican of standing afar off would not so much as lift up his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. I could just see the Pharisee Look at me. Look how proud I am. Couldn't everybody just be like me? This is not a trap that we want to fall into. In verse 9 it says that certain trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Do you ever think that, oh yeah, I'm doing good. I'm fine. I'm good. That is a shortfalling of ourselves. Boy, if they had come to church as much as I do, we'd have a crowd. That's wrong. That's the wrong way to think. 
Let's carry this further with some of Jesus' commands. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Each one of us wants forgiveness. Each one of us does not want to be condemned by God. We all need to concentrate on this. If you can't say something good, don't say it at all. I'm talking to myself as much as anyone here. Just don't say nothing at all. Carrying this forward into Romans 14 and 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in a brother's way. Sticks and bones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. This is wrong. Words can wound a weak brother. Be hard for him to get over. 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. The judge is Christ. We do not get paid to judge. That's not our job description to go out and judge other people. Our job description is to go out and lead others to Christ. Sow the seed. Spread the word. We're not judges. Another familiar writing in Matthew 7 and 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest the mote in his brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eyes. I can see your mistakes really well. Don't have no problem doing that. Can't see mine, but I can see yours. Are we all that away just a little bit? Let's go through a period now of self-examination. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. What's a reprobate? It is something that's rejected. It's worthless. If God rejects you, you're in deep trouble. You don't want to be a reprobate from God. So I'm going to ask you some questions as we go forth for the next little bit. Kind of like New Year's resolutions. Or are you better or worse in 2020? How are you? And I'm going to run through some things kind of quickly like we did with Judas and 
and Cain and all of them. And you think about yourself. Don't think about old Fred over here and say, I hope Fred's listening. Let's think about you. How have you won this last year? Let's, and we do some of these. They may not fit you or not. And Matthew 14 and 31, and immediately just Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? This is talking about Peter as he walked on the water. He began to sink, and Jesus saved him. How is your faith last year? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it the same? I don't know. I'm not a judge. I don't know. How about your effort? Mark 12 and 30. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Did you put Jesus on the back burner this last year? Was you shut in? Was you wrapped in a bubble? You put Jesus back? How was your effort? Oh, I don't want to get out. How was your effort? Another one. Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need to be here. We know that. If there's a problem where you feel like we're not safe here, tell us what we can do. Tell us what we can do. We've separated some rows out. We've opened the side doors so you can come in. We sanitized. We use gloves and masks at the communion. Tell us what we can do. We want to be safe. We don't like to bury our membership. We want to be safe. I do need you here to edify me. I need it. Do, do you pray? Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Have you prayed more last year? Less? Do you get the feeling down? Can you... You've ever thought about going to a brother and sister and says, pray for me. I'm down. I'm struggling. We've got avenues with our brothers and sisters. Help me. How have you done? First Peter 4 and 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. I need something to cover my sins, my multitude of sins. Love will do that. How have you done on that, on helping others? You know, Becky's had several surgeries in 2020, and we got food. I'm one of the better microwave cooks there is now. I can warm up stuff. But you know what was amazing and touching 
You know, sometimes people came and they sat and visited a while. That made a lot of difference to us. Just someone to come in and spend a little time. That we won't ever forget. In Matthew 25 and 35, I was a hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. If you're shut in, you can't do this. But you can make a phone call. Hey, how are you? Do you need anything? I will go get it. I'll put it on your doorstep. You can text, hey, we've been missing you. How are you doing? That don't stop us from reaching out to someone in need. That will prick a heart. It'll make a difference. How have you done on that? On your willingness to help. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the world. Brother Jim told me that there in Coleman, they was doing a lot of studies right now. Have you asked for a study? Well, they might say no. They ask for a study, say, hey, I'll wear a mask. I'll sanitize. I'll stay six foot apart. I'll do whatever it takes. I think people are receptive because death is all around us right now. Ask for it. Worst they'll say is no. All right. Here's what you need to remember the next few slides in our lesson today. In Romans 15 and 1, we then are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Show them that we care. Show them we care. It's the little things. Maybe a card. Maybe a call. Just the little things. Been thinking about you. Can we get anything for you? I'm going to town. You want me to get something? The little things. Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. This is part of the rule we have as brothers and sisters in Christ, bearing one another's burdens. Think about a couple of things in these few verses. If we're helping someone that's spiritually having trouble, 
it must be in the spirit of meekness. You can't go ram it down your throat. You numbskull, you're doing it wrong. With love and meekness. Now the other part, sometimes we deceive ourselves that we walk on water. We don't walk on water. I'd consider it to a, a mirror. You know, I sat here thinking, I'm nearly 73, and sometimes I think, you know, I'm, I'm, as, I'm as good as any 50-year-old. I can do nearly anything. I look in the mirror, and there's an old man looks back at me. I'm deceiving myself. I can't do what I used to do. Don't deceive yourself. Think about this. In Mark 10 and 21, Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, and sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross, and follow me. And, ye, and he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. This evening, think about this. Which one of these do you want? Do you want to have treasure in heaven? Then you need to come, take up the cross, and follow Christ. Or, you can go away and grieve. That's not rocket science. I can understand it. Surely you can. Which do you want? We had three obey the gospel this morning. They wanted to take up their cross and follow after Christ. Which do you want? Another verse. Acts 8 and 36. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? For those of you that have not been baptized, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you? Do you want to repent? Do you know what repentance is? That means you're not wanting to do bad things anymore. You're sorry for breaking God's law. Are you willing to come to the front? And someone asks you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? All you have to do is say yes. Change of clothes, fresh towel. Go into the water. A sinner, you come up a newborn Christian. Not hard. Why is hindering you from doing that? Why? Why wait? I don't understand. Why do you wait? I don't know. I don't, I don't see a good reason. James 4 and 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth a little time and then vanishes the way. 
Will you have it tomorrow? Those in the cemetery have no tomorrow. So my question is, we stand and sing this song. Are you going to take up your cross and follow Jesus? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.